The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I am your host. It is Friday, May 22nd. Reopening is beginning, and uh, you're going to be getting out, maybe going to the gym sometime soon, certainly going for walks. Make sure and download, uh, rate, uh, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. I don't know what that middle word was, Ryan. Um, if you download and subscribe, you'll get these podcasts dropped in your little podcast app every single morning. We are daily, even when there's no NFL news going on. Monday, we'll have a mailbag Monday, and we'll be pulling our questions for the mailbag. You can ask us anything from five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. So go and leave a five-star review. Ask us something. Uh, coming up on today's pod, we will talk. Uh, there is some NFL news to discuss, and uh, we'll talk some rules proposals. Dak Prescott, he's back in the news again, the ever-controversial ever, ever controversial Dak Prescott. And we'll get to Sean Wagner with us, top 25 players under 25. It's uh, the, easily the most important list that has appeared on CBSSports.com this week. Uh, by the way, if, you, if you're uh, Jonesing for live sports, go check out the First Cut Pod. Uh, it's a golf podcast hosted by Rick Gelman and uh, Kyle Porter. Mark Immelman, and um, I'm on it. We did a uh, synergy mesh thing where I talked about uh, Tom Brady and Phil Mickel- Tom Brady and, uh, and Peyton Manning playing golf with Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, which is coming up on Sunday. So check out the First Cut Pod, great golf podcast. All right, Super Friends time. Got a bunch of them, a cavalcade of them. Brian Wilson, Sean Wagner, McGuff, John Breach. What's up, fellas? Good morrow to you, sir. Is that what the kids say now? You nailed it. Thank you. Wilson, the kids have never said that. Let's be honest here, man. And Breach would know because he has a kid now. He does have a kid. How's six-week mark going for you, John Breach? They say gack-gack, goo-goo, and then they poo, and they pee, and that's it. That's literally it. And they eat sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Sleep like for two hours. <laughs> yeah, that's Sean's say. Sleep for two hours, poop in his pants, mumble some words, start over. The only difference is Sean doesn't change his diaper. He just put it in there. Just rolls. For whatever reason, Brinson records my mumblings and puts them on the podcast. Just rolls around in his own poo is what you're saying. Do you think Sean never shut up talking when he was little too? Like his parents like, Sean, quit talking. You can't stop. I bet you had a ton of annoying questions. Actually, this will actually be be more funny to you guys. I could not like speak English for the longest time. I had my own language. And only my older sister could understand my language. And so before I went to pre-K. Oh, my God. I thought you were going to say high school. Uh (laughs) (laughs) No, I was like two or three. What what sort of, what sort of language was it like? Uh, like, were you like, is it something you made up or is it just like you just didn't know how to talk? 
I just made up my own language and was just talking that instead of English. So is this a, like is this a, is this a humble brag? Like I'm smart enough to create my own language? Or <laughs> no, like, because because I make fun of my my dad will say that he needed to ask my sister Jana what I was saying, but there were only like four words in the language. I mean, I'm, I was tiny, but for whatever reason, he could not crack the code. Hmm. Well, you've expanded your vocabulary. So you are basically that one sister from Wedding Crashers. You know the one that married Vince Vaughn. Does she have uh, her own um, language? Yeah, she was talking to like John, Vo- her dad, or who plays the dad? Is it- it's, uh, Christopher Walken. Christopher Walken, yeah. She's like, me, me, moo, moo, moo. <laughs> what you guys was don't she- remember that? Yeah, I do. <laughs> what was she in? Oh, she, you know what I was watching recently that she was, um, she was in, uh, the new season, the newer seasons of Arrested Development as, uh, oh, is she? yeah, she plays, she looks, um, uh... she dates George Michael and Michael. By the way, season four, I went back and rewatched it because I just, I, I like, Arrested Development might be my favorite show of all time. Um, Ooh. Seasons one through three are like perfect. Almost like, I mean, the first two seasons are just incredible. Uh, four is actually better on a rewatch than I thought the first time. I was surprised. Yeah, that's 15 years ago. I, I can't, I can't remember hardly anything about that show. I like this. You, you, you need to go back and rewatch it. It is funny as hell. Oh, you could talk me that very easily. Yeah. I see it on the Netflix watch list. I go back, go back and watch one through three. I mean, it is like, it is just hot. What's crazy is that like, it's, you know, we sort of talk about like, what if Dan Marino played in the two thousands, you know, like he'd be, what if Arrested Development came out now? Yeah. Like it would be, it would be like, it would be, it was canceled. Fox straight up canceled it. And like, they were talking about it in the middle of the third season because they were like, they, at one point they're like, yeah, we need to have a party to save our blues. They're like, uh, mate, can we bring in the home builders organization? They're like, nope, HBO won't have us. It's like, well, I guess it's showtime. It's like, nope. And, uh, and then they like start begging. They're like, please go eat at Burger King. We need your money. Like they're, like they're flaunting the fact that Fox is about to cancel the show and Fox did it. And like, I think that at, if it was on now, it would go, cause like a show like Parks and Rec or Community, or like the good place, they're given like r- runway to to kind of expand and, and to grow more popular. Well, they had their own issues. There, I think there's a lot of shows that would, if they came out today, not just Arrested Development. Like Friday Night Lights famously got canceled. Yeah. Season. No one watched it, and then they had to launch a campaign to save it. Or like Firefly, even I think would do a lot better Ooh, if it was released on Netflix. I've never seen. I've never seen. I've never seen Firefly. Josh Whedon, sort of sci sci fi. Like I watched a few episodes recently with my 13 year old and, and they're still good, but you have to understand that it's from that. I think that show started in 2000, 2001. So the, the special effects aren't exactly where they are now. So to, uh, just to pull back the curtain on this particular podcast, I've, I've been enjoying it. I'm watching, I can see Debo right now. He is driving to Pennsylvania. I don't, hopefully you're, you'll be there by the time this podcast drops, right? <laughs> but, but I find it amusing that like Debo's sitting here, like he like is stuck in this car and we're just like, like 40 seconds in to this podcast, like just on an arrested development tangent that like has nothing to do. Uh, now, is, he, is he able to slack you or he can't do that? He can't. Text he you. has to, you know, cause he's on zoom. So I think he has to switch out. He's on his phone. So he, it's like, it would be a real pain. He could do it, but um, I think it would be a hassle. Oh, for look him. at that. He can actually, he can text us from the, yeah. from his phone right to the, to the zoom app. I'm reading it. Look at that. This what technology is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's right, Ryan. It is truly incredible that they have a chat feature on this video application. Yeah. No other video application. I mean, certainly, certainly there are no other options for chatting on the internet. That's what I'm saying. All right, let's go. Speaking (laughs) of chatting on the internet, uh, I was chatting on the interwebs with, uh, various people about Dak Prescott and Ryan, you won't believe this. 
There doesn't seem to be a consensus on Dak Prescott. All right, well, let's. I don't. I don't. Is Dak Prescott the new Andy Dalton? Which is ironic. Andy no, is hell, one, hell. one of them is actually really good. Yeah, no, <laughs> Andy, Andy Dalton. What Andy? What are you talking about? Andy Dalton is just like. It's not like. Should you give Andy Dalton fifty million? It's like, is Andy Dalton good? That was the question. Dak Prescott. No, I'm like, saying in the sense he's the one guy, one quarterback right now. If you say his name, you can automatically, without offering anything else, just say his name, and it will start a debate with people going on both sides without knowing. The what only side people you're on. going on the side of Andy Dalton are Bengals fans. No Pretty one. Much. I mean, who outside of Cincinnati is like, oh, Andy Dalton? I, we would love to have him on our team. Other than, Sean was like, yeah, maybe in, in Chicago, but that wasn't his first choice. So, Breach, do you I, I Breach? Know, Dalton's trending on Twitter right now. Because he's Dak's backup, you dummy. <laughs> so, Breach, I think, you know what, Breach? I think you have a, I don't know what the scientific, scientific diagnosis is for it, but whatever it is that causes you to remember uh, things being much better than they actually were, like your marathon times, uh, your, 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 your ability, your kicking, your ability to throw a football, uh, like Andy Dalton's like, there's like Andy Dalton. It's like, is he, is he, I don't know. Maybe he's the 15th best quarterback. I don't know. Jimmy might be 16. Yeah, no, there you go. See, wait, wait, wait. The argument with Dalton is franchise line. So that was the debate. But with Dak, is it, is he worth $35 million a year? It's not the same debate. It's just that. Yeah, that's the point. It's you not can a, say, but you can say his name, just his name, and it will start a debate. I think Carson Wentz is a better example, but whatever. Well, I mean, using, but using Breach's logic, Mitch Trubisky, that will start a debate. No, because we all agree that he's terrible. There's no debate. Did, uh, did I put that, did I put the, did somebody retweeted Lewis Riddick of ESPN, <laughs> a tweet from him from last year? It's like, <laughs> let me see if I can find it. Um, by the way, real quick, there are actually a couple of Mitch Trubisky uh, truthers because I did my backup power, backup quarterback power rankings last week, and I picked Trubisky as the backup and not Foles, and I explained why. And someone came after me and was like, ha-ha, you ranked a starting quarterback 10th. Like, what an idiot. He went to the Pro Bowl the year before. Uh, all right, so here it was. This is – and I, I think I think Lou Riddick's good at his job, so I'm not making fun of Lou Riddick. But, I mean, like somebody retweeted this. It showed up in my timeline, and, and I'm sorry. I'm going to I'm gonna read it. Uh, this is from uh, July 29th, 2019, so less than a year old. For all that are disrespecting my guy, Maserati Mitch, I wouldn't do that <laughs> if I were you. You will look foolish when this year is over. Hashtag NFL. Hashtag bear emoji. Down emoji. Maserati Mitch. Bear down. Oh, More like a... Mitsubishi Mitch. Oh, am I that's right? So kind. Mazda Mini, minivan Mitch. <laughs> minivan Mitch. Yeah, uh, that's better. Because I was going to say Mazdas and even Mitsubishis, they make some. And, and, and again, look, like we told you to bet on Mitch Trubisky to win the MVP. So I mean, like we're not <laughs> we're say. not dogging Lou Riddick here. Like you know, at any rate, Dak Prescott. There was a report out there now. Ian Rappaport has come through and uh, apparently thrown some cold water on it. I guess. Uh, but the report out there is that. The Cowboys offered Dak Prescott a five-year, $175 million contract, and that Dak turned it down, and he won. This is from Chris Sims of, of NBC Sports, former NFL quarterback, obviously, um, who's been, uh, who's been, uh, hot, uh, in terms of, um, uh, rumor, rumor mill. He had the Russell Wilson was almost traded in 2018. Rumor? Yeah, he, he held, he held on for it for two years. That's, that's a uh, right. fun story he, to hold on to. Okay. He heard the story, didn't follow up, and then just talked about it a couple weeks ago. Okay. All right. No, no, no need to crap on Chris Sims. I'm and not. It, that's what he said. He he mentioned it previously, he said. And no, and just didn't get any buzz. He mentioned it like during the season. 
Like yeah, when, you say that it doesn't get any buzz. That means you said it to yourself. Okay, that's, that's, <laughs> that, that's all fair points. At any rate, he has said that um, he has said that uh, uh, Dak got that offer from the Cowboys and turned it down. And uh, what was the terms again? Five years, one hundred seventy-five million dollars. Now, this is where it's very important to note that that is a very vague way of describing that particular contract. That does not mean one hundred seventy-five million dollars fully guaranteed. Um, and it's thirty you know, thirty-five million dollars a year, which you know is the is would be the top of the market, but it doesn't blow the market out of the water, and likely will be uh, you know it basically equals what Russell Wilson makes. Uh, so, breach. Were you surprised? Do you believe that Dak turned it down and wants forty-five million? Are you surprised by it? And uh, do you think this is a controversial situation? Yeah. Well, I think the two things were kind of tied together. I think the five years, one seventy-five, was that he wanted. According to Chris Sims, $45 million in the final season of the deal. So basically you have a four year, $130 million deal, which is 32.5 per year. Then if you add that $45 million fifth year, uh, all of a sudden it shoots up to, uh, so anyway, the most shocking thing to me is if he was asking for $45 million in that fifth year, we don't know if that's the case. If it is five years, 175, I sign the deal if I'm Dak. And here is my one thing. And this is why I think Dak Prescott's taking a huge risk right now. Everybody's, you know, a lot of people are saying, go the Kirk Cousins route. It's not a big deal. If you don't get the money you want, then you just get franchise tag. You keep getting franchise tag. You'll eventually hit the free agent market. You'll cash in. But let's just say there's no fans at NFL games this year. All right. That's a very real possibility. Maybe there's only half the fans. It, you know, that's a, the Dolphins are saying we might only let 15,000 people in the stadium. So you lose that. If that happens, NFL revenues go down, the salary cap goes down, and if that happens, there is zero percent chance Dak Prescott's getting 35 million dollars. So if they have a no fan season, he's not getting 35 million dollars per year next year. If that's when the contract negotiation comes, so like this year is the. You know, he can't play 2020 on the franchise tag and expect to get a huge deal in 2021 if the salary cap goes down. And Brinson's making this face, but teams aren't going to give him. I'm making the same face. You're not making any sense. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't agree with that for a couple of reasons. One, if he plays on the franchise tag this year, it doesn't matter what the salary cap does because by rule in the CBA, he's going to get a 20% raise if they tag him again next year, which means he- the music. Okay, that. and that's one year. <laughs> and then after that, what? If Dak Prescott, if Dak Prescott becomes an unrestricted free agent at the age of 28, and the like, cap's 175 million? That's not gonna happen. Uh, are you kidding me? That what? would only be, yes, it could happen. It could absolutely no, happen. Why would that, what? anything? It is not. Because the salary cap's 200 million. If there's not fans, revenues could drop five billion dollars. If there are no fans in the stands, 5.5 billion is the estimate. Okay, and if there's half the fans in the stands, say it drops two or three billion, you're still looking at a considerable drop in the salary cap. This affects a lot of other people too, by the way. All the all the franchise quarterbacks coming out. Is Dak going to be the only one affected? Because I would imagine that he's going to he is not taking a pay cut after he if he signs a franchise tender or if he signs for thirty five million. I am saying Dak would be one of the primary people. Everybody else, but, but nobody else is in the you, Dak market. So but you're, but he you, would be more affected than others. But your presumption, but like again, like just wait until after twenty twenty one and go to free agency. Especially when Tom Brady probably retires, Philip Rivers probably retires, Ben Roethlisberger could retire, Andy Dalton might retire. Um, that's just a, this is the guy that's so high on Andy Dalton that it doesn't make sense, but he thinks, uh, Zach, uh, Dak Prescott should take a $22 million a year deal. 
No, I didn't say that. I said this five-year 175 is good. I said he's taking a risk by not getting now, I, I think this there kind is... of deal right now. That's what I said. I didn't say he should take 22 million. Ryan, you're being insane. All right. Now, so like uh, on that same logic, it's like if, all right, so if CBS came to breach and offered you a three-year contract with very minimal raises right now, um, you know, you could say, no, thanks, because I think I'm worth more. But you would also be risking it because it's a pandemic, right? Uh, well, in a, if we're in a market where 40 million people have lost their job and CBS offers me a multi-year contract with guaranteed money, I'm absolutely going to take it. No matter, no matter what the, no matter what the raise is, right? Basically. Yes. I mean, see, I did, I disagree. I lost their job. Yes. And immediate people are losing their job left and right. Yes. I'm absolutely taking it. Sorry. Go ahead, Ryan. The difference is this, uh, Breach understands that he's not Dak Prescott in the sports media market. Yeah, he's Andy Dalton. (laughs) <laughs> but the, the, the problem is oh, oh, what a big jam Wallace took it in his hands and said up up and away Dipsy dude, I love that, that. I love that. That, that, that that was meant as someone we, we need someone else controlling the dunk I know <laughs> I was going to say you can cue it up again because the problem is not that the breach understands that he's Andy Dalton in the sports media market it's that uh, Will Brenson thinks he's Dak Prescott in the sports media market <laughs> 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 oh, oh, <laughs> there it is. That's what I was waiting for. Um, no, I, I don't. I just think like if, uh, here, the the other big difference too is that Dak is, uh, I, I, yeah, Dak's single. He's not married. He's not married. Doesn't have a family. Like, and he has tons of endorsement money coming in. Like, I, in, in, if I'm Dak Prescott, I am more than willing to gamble with the core with the economics of the quarterback market. Um, because the other thing too is that if you're Dak and you and you take a deal like that from the Cowboys, first of all, again, like it's not like it really matters because these quarterback contracts usually get fully paid out. But if you take thirty five million dollars a year from the Cowboys on that hundred seventy five million dollar deal, the last three years are probably dummy years. You know, so like, why would you even sign if you already have two tags that you're going to play? Why would you just tack on a three year dummy deal on the back end? Like you're going to get seventy million dollars guaranteed. Um, and, and furthermore, Deshaun Watson and Patrick Mahomes are going to get paid, too. And they're going to they are going to reset the market and they're going to push it north of 40 million dollars by the time that it's all said and done. So if you're they dad, will unaff- they will be unaffected by any drops. in the Right. Market. Like, do you think Patrick, Patrick Mahomes like, oh, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right, Andy. Sorry, I got to take 33 million. My yeah, bad. You're saying Dak Prescott's as good as Patrick Mahomes? No, matter. but he's the latest quarterback do a lot of money. And that's don't, just how it works. Don't, don't don't be a Twitter troll. Like, you know, you, you know, I, you know, that's not how it works. Everybody. Not, uh, OK, <laughs> let me ask you this. No, I'm not even like because you are completely ignoring everything I've said. You sound like like Dov Kleiman, who I've been arguing with on Twitter. He's like, if Patrick Mahomes signs a contract worth forty million dollars a year this off season, guess what? And the salary cap goes down in 2021. Dak Prescott's not getting forty million dollars per year. That's and that's Preston points out he he gets a twenty percent raise over the salary cap. Yeah, and that's still not forty million. It's thirty seven point seven million. Wilson on a one year deal. Boom on a one year deal. Do you think he's then gonna, do you, if Dak gets, if we get to a point where Dak has signed his 2021 franchise tag, he is not taking $35 million a year. Cause if he, if you get to, if Dak Prescott gets to the open market, he is going to get a fully guaranteed three year, $120 million deal. And one thing I will touch on, Brent, that you said that if that report about the $45 million in the fifth year is true, it's basically what you just said. That doesn't really matter because generally if you're a good quarterback, you don't get to the fifth year. You've already signed a new extension before you get there. Yeah. So it's almost irrelevant, that part of the report. 
By the way, I think more pressure is on Jerry Jones than is on Dak Prescott. Dak is I was just going to say, I think Dak has all the leverage here, yeah. and the Cowboys have none of it whatsoever. Because if he doesn't get the deal he wants, he's going to go the franchise tag route and say, look, I'm still going to get paid either way. And you can also look at what the Cowboys did this offseason and say the Cowboys should get him under contract now because there's a chance he's even better in the next two years considering how this offseason just unfolded for them. I looked it up. Um, since 2015, there have been – uh well, I guess technically there have been six players who have done it because Matt Ryan and, and Drew Brees have done it twice, uh, but have thrown completed more than 65% of their passes, uh, thrown for 30 pa- passing touchdowns or more, less than 15 interceptions, and more than 4,500 passing yards. Uh, Dak did it last year. He was the only quarterback in the NFL to do it last year. Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes and Matt Ryan in 2018. Tom Brady in 2017. Drew Brees and Matt Ryan in 2016. And Drew Brees in 2015. Like, Dax, if not for Lamar Jackson, we are talking about Dax's season very, very differently. Like, he had an awesome season. I mean, the Cowboys, the Cowboys should have been a 10-win team, but Jason Garrett stinks. So why is he controversial again? That's what I, I, he's not to me. Like I think you pay him, and I think it's an easy solution. Uh, but the Cowboys don't seem inclined. He's controversial because every time, and I and I'm not you know trying to. You yelled uh, at me and Debo about him. We said he wasn't controversial. He, you were uh, he Brian. He is trending on Twitter because people are screaming about whether or not to pay him. Well, they're screaming in response to the to the report about the the contract that he may or may not have taken. By the way, your buddy. Um, Bill Barnwell pointed this out on Twitter, and it's worth remembering. If you see contract terms and the quarterback turned it down, they're released by the team and should probably take it with a grain of salt. Just keep that in mind. But I think to Sean's point about Jerry Jones not having any leverage, the only leverage Jerry Jones does have, uh, even though age isn't on his side and he says he wants to win a Super Bowl before he dies, is that he has the power of the, the Cowboys PR machine and, and, you know, they can put pressure on Dak that way. We'll see if Dak cares or not. Uh, because, you know, Clearly, some people don't like to be co- the, to have people come at them on Twitter. When you don't put Minka Fitzpatrick in your top 100, maybe Dak feels differently. I don't know if he's on Twitter or not, but uh, that's, oh, I, uh, that's yeah. the only leverage I think that Jerry Jones has. But I also do think that the reason we didn't talk about Dak till late in the season is because he really didn't show up in big games. Like you look at what he did in 2019. Uh, their first big game was against the Saints. No touchdowns, one interception. They lost 12 to 10. They lost to the Packers. They lost to the Patriots. They lost to the Bills. They lost to the Bears. Like every time they needed a big win, Dak had a bad game. Well, okay, that that seems a little. Uh, you can look at it, man. There's no. I mean, but, but like, okay, first of all, the this, the this pay... is the Andy Dalton apologist telling this story. By the way, I mean, it's just, this <laughs> is this is a tr- this is the truth. I I think Dak Prescott's a good quarterback. I think he's worth thirty five million dollars per year. But that doesn't mean that. Uh, I, you know, I think he's on Patrick Mahomes level. I Bruce, think let a... me ask you this: What's the Cowboy ceiling with? Dak Prescott compared to Andy Dalton. It's Dak closer Prescott. than people think. Uh, nine wins with Dalton, 12 or 13 with Dak. Oh, look at this okay. guy. Okay. All right. Look at this guy trying to be, trying to keep it real. The games that you're pointing out though, they, they went to New Orleans and they lost 10 to 12. Like, I'm not a Dak didn't, Dak wasn't outstanding, but the Saints defense is very good. Uh, they played Green Bay on that Sunday night in Dallas. I remember Green Bay came in and lit up the defense early on and Dak was forced to throw 44 times. He still had, I mean, so this is his bad game. 62% completion, 463 yards, two touchdowns, three picks. I mean, like that's. Yeah, three, three picks is a bad game, Brinson. <laughs> I mean. I, I don't know how you're going to try and spin that as a good game. <laughs> Um, Have you seen Ryan Finley play? Dunk on music, please. <laughs> uh, 
I mean, he was they were playing they were playing from behind the whole time. Like he was having to throw. Like I mean, put a little context on it, breach. And then at New England, get the f out of here. It was a freaking like fog ball. You couldn't see anything. And and Kellen Moore's over there calling like reverse pitches in the like down in the red zone. I mean, like this is it's just it's a blanket statement that you're using to try and discredit Dak Prescott. When in reality, the extenuating circumstances surrounding those three games do not lead me to believe that Dak can't win in big games. You are a Twitter troll today. What? I mean, hey, the Bills game too, man. The next week, that was at home. Thanksgiving, they could have used the win there. I he gets forty and twenty four as a quarterback. He's probably won a fair amount of big games. Wait, against the Bills, he completed sixty five percent of his passes for three hundred fifty five yards, two touchdowns, and a pick. Like that's not what's, what, what. What are you putting this on Dak? The defense gave up scored fifteen points, Prince. The defense because Jason you know Garrett's what? terrible at his job. The defense, the defense gave up twenty six points to Josh Allen. I know what this is. I know what this is. And you pointed to this a month ago, Brinson. He is on the Cowboys payroll. Jerry Jones has instructed oh, him to make these comments. Breach bot. Here we are. Uh, <laughs> breach bot 3000. Breach bot. <laughs> I am a robot sent from Cincinnati to tell you that the Cowboys are amazing. Yeah, he is a, uh, he's like the, the political version of a, of a Russian mole. But what's weird is that Breach, and by the way, I have decided as of last week, I'm making it official. I'm picking the Dallas Cowboys to win the Super Bowl, and I'm going to make a big deal out of it for the rest of the offseason. I, I, I just want to note that I appreciate you pressuring us into coming up with our Super Bowl picks for the last Pick 6 podcast TV show, and now you've gone and done a 180 on the team. <laughs> and I, I think the Cowboys will win the Super Bowl. I'm expecting Dak to be on the field. I need him to be on the field. That's sort of my – that's sort of my thing. Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you be like, you'd be like, pay Dak, pay Dak, pay Dak. Or is it, you're like, wait, Dak needs to take this money and get out there because you're worried that he's going to hold out and your Cowboys pick is going to look horrendous oh, no, because no. of Andy Dalton. It's an Andy Dalton fever dream. He thinks Andy Dalton's going to finally win a Super Bowl in Dallas. This is exactly what he wants to happen. Breach will 100% call Andy Dalton a Super Bowl champion if he wins as a backup, right? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Just wait until the Cowboys just have to win one playoff game for Breach to say Andy Dalton's career is, is validated. Or uh it would be ironic if Dalton won that playoff game with the Cowboys. Wouldn't be ironic. It would just be unlikely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some might say I don't even know why you guys, like, I am not saying anything. All I'm saying is the salary cap goes down that Dak is going to have trouble getting uh, whatever you guys think he's going to get. That's it. If if nothing happens, if there's fans in the stands, then Dak's making a brilliant move. He shouldn't sign a contract, and he should get as much money as possible. But just because of the mystery, because of circumstance right now, you don't know that there's going to be. I'm just saying it's high risk. That's I have free. carried your message to the masses, Jerry. Here it goes. The salary cap might go down. That's why you can't pay Dak. It's unreasonable and insane. Reaches 10 minutes away from having a, a Wilson-like meltdown. I don't need this ish. He slams his headset and just storms off. Um, all right. I'm here for it. The, uh, oh, Breach, before we get to Sean's list, before we take a break, why don't you, uh, what's the rundown on the onside? We got a, a developing onside kick slash special team situation. Oh my goodness. We get to talk about something I enjoy and I have to fight with you guys about. Uh, the onside kick alternative, they tried to pass it last year, but it got voted down by the owners. JLC, Jason Lockenbora, is saying the owners actually like it this year, got the buzz that it might pass. And basically the rule is if a team doesn't want to kick an onside kick, they will have the opportunity to try a fourth and 15 play from their own 25-yard line. Uh, and basically if you get it, you get the first down, you keep the ball. If you don't get it, the other team gets the ball and takes over. 
Uh, and so that's what you could do in seven onside kick, and teams would be able allowed to do that up to two times per game. So that is a pretty major rule change that could be happening. I like it. I like it. I think it favors smart teams, and you know, a lot of teams are going to this analytical stuff. This is basically game theory, so I think smart teams are probably for it. I do wonder which owners decide to change their minds or whatever, but yeah, why not? Uh, are you at all concerned, Breach, that it get, does away with the kicker position? Ooh. No. No, this is I, – I love this rule. This is anything to spice up the game, this is good. And you know what? Like, the onside kick already got basically neutered uh, when they changed the kickoff rule a couple years ago because teams can't get a running start now. And so onside kick recovery percentages went from uh, 21% in 2017 down to like 6% in 2018. And then last year they were 12%, but that's only because Young Hoku uh, basically was the onside master. So I had to do something because there was no way to come back if you were down by three touchdowns and not in, in the fourth quarter. Not that that's common, but you want to at least feel like you have a chance. Uh, I have a bird who lives in my backyard that has a, a it's a robin with a mohawk that wants to kill me. And he is now he's a, he's he's lighted. He had, he's, he's tried to attack me several times. Um, he has lighted on my neighbor's roof and he is staring into my office at, directly at me. It's very creepy. Um, the I was this is sort of uh, slight like seems sort of stupid to say but i kind of think it's sort of interesting like uh if playing madden with this new rule like you would like i mean like any comeback is on the table with that new rule like i think i think it's just it's kind of remarkable just like i mean i think a fourth and 15 is it fourth and 15 right from your own yeah. 25 I mean, I, think a, I mean a fourth and 15 obviously in real life is like a lot harder to pull off but i mean it's just a 15 yard chunk play how do you think the one thing i would be concerned about with this too is um Pass interference. Like, I think that could get a little dicey with, you know, quarterbacks chunking it up there. I mean, illegal contact's an automatic first down. <laughs> yeah. Holding, defensive holding. Right. Do it. Right. Like, I mean, like, do the regular, I assume the regular penalties still apply. I mean, like, that would suck if you got a, like, a BS. Like, it's going to be roughing the passer. It's going to come up in, like, a big moment where it's after the pass falls incomplete and then the late flag comes in for someone yep. driving a quarterback into the ground. Uh, the other thing they're talking about doing, uh, is getting those sky judges in place. If they're going to do this fourth and 15 thing, they need the sky judges. Like you get, you need the sky judges anyway. And basically the sky judge would make it more like college football where you can, uh, sort of swoop in, hit a buzzer, say, hold on, we're going to check out this play and make sure everything got it right. Uh, the NFL desperately needs that. I don't know what is taking so long to implement it. Really? I can still see things going wrong even if they do implement implement it i don't know if you guys watch that xfl game where they have like the sky judge and they completely botched the ending about like five seconds right off yes and they just didn't buzz down but the nice thing is is that like you at least like you're like you you're, like you're listening to the process like you at least like i'd rather know that the people doing something are stupid rather than think that they're corrupt does that mean is that like like i i prefer the knowledge that people operating uh something of great importance are idiots and morons rather than uh believing some shadow conspiracy that uh, you know that everybody's corrupt and uh trying to pull something off I'm talking about football of course I was going to say Brinson you believe every shadow conspiracy on the internet I love conspiracies I know you do Do uh, you Do I I'm nearly the biggest conspiracy theorist I know at CBS Sports Uh who's bigger Don't want to name names is it somebody, we, somebody who's made it to the men. Somebody whose new nickname is Pumpkin Patch. No, no, I don't think I don't think Prisco's a conspiracy theorist. Oh, Prisco's a conspiracy theorist. I can't even tell you his. You know what? We don't even need to get into. I he's I have some text threads with conspiracy theories from Pete Prisco. All right. uh, who's the biggest conspiracy theorist? 
I, unlike you, I'm not going to start outing people without their consent. <laughs> that's not. It's not like you're calling them a racist. You're just calling them a conspiracy theorist. Uh, yeah, I kind of want to know. Well, uh, just type it. Say who it is. DM me. Now you got a conspiracy about conspiracy theories. Why yeah. do you think this is going to like out someone or like? Because <laughs> maybe they're not something gonna... inherently wrong with. All right, let's go. This is not compelling. Just, just say a name and move on. Brenton. All right, let's go. The... It's so not new. you. Don't worry about it. I know it. you told me it wasn't me, so I want to know who the other one is. Well, you got to wait. It's something you're not accustomed to doing. Debo, right. Debo's worried he's going to get North Carolina before the podcast ends. So I guess we'll move on. Ryan, drive by shooting at your house while you're still talking on the stupid podcast. Seems inappropriate. Um, <laughs> also, it's the bird. Yeah, maybe we'll hit the robin. Who knows? <laughs> I'm going to get that robin. I don't know how. Rockin' robin, tweet, tweet. Like I'll be out there mowing, and he'll come flying by, and I buzz my head. It's terrifying. He thinks that's a nest. That's a problem. Is anyone surprised that birds hate Brenton? No. All right, coming up after the break, Sean's <laughs> list of top 25 players under the age of 25. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Sean puts this list together every year uh, for whatever reason. Usually it's not the same week as Pete Prisco's Top 100, but this week it was. And, Great uh, timing on, on Sean's part. Well, no, Pete did his list. He's like, I will do my list early. I am taking seven weeks of vacation this year. No one can stop me. Watch. You will see. That's how he texts. Uh, I'm pretty sure he does his before mine, though, usually, because I actually like to use this list to make sure I didn't miss anyone good, big. Yeah. Uh, so I like to cross-reference. And I think you I could just go on a pro football reference and 
search. I mean, I, yes, I obviously use other methods, but I'm very paranoid. Look, my first year, I left off a player that I just completely brain farted on. Who was it? Not going to name the player. Name, um, name the player. Tredavious White. I just like completely forgot about him, and people got really mad at me. So ever since then, like I'm just super paranoid and check like a million different websites. Did to you make double sure down and say that he played one bad game, and that's why you didn't have one? <laughs> I, I mean, I don't remember what I said, but probably. Uh, well, community that you mentioned, I was going to say that Tredavious White was the the biggest snub on this year's list, but. The criteria, as expressly stated in your article, is that as of May 21st, 2020, if they are 25 years old or more older, uh, they do not qualify for the list. Drew Davis White, 24 last year during the season, but turned 25 at some point, uh, so he doesn't count, right? Yes, and he actually, so he was the guy who actually put on the list, and then when I went back and fact-checked it, I was like, oh, he's actually 25. Mm-hmm. I had him in, like, the top seven, so he okay. would have been ranked that high. Because uh, I was looking forward to writing my wrong, and then I couldn't. So he was so he was like fifty two on Prisco's list. That was a bad. He's higher than that, I think. Yeah, and Prisco wrote that he had like a bad two thousand eighteen season. He yeah. was fine in two thousand. Yeah. He had his best year this past year, but he was good in two thousand eighteen. I thought. What does two thousand eighteen have to do with anything? Well, that's what he wrote in his See, that's, you know, top one hundred. He, he said he had a bad two thousand eighteen season or something like that. And he and he didn't, by the way. Pete's methodology sucks. Like he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> He's like, like, he, like, he's like, I mean, wh- I can't put Big Ben on there. He missed the whole season. It's like, you have AJ Green at 63. <laughs> like, like, oh, he did? AJ Green at 63? Like, what are he we? He clearly has an individual methodology for each slot on the list. So a hundred different I mean, methodologies. I do have to say the, when I go to sleep after filing this article every year, I, I'm dreading waking up because usually there's just people yelling about their favorite player in the mentions. So it, it was a pretty good sign that I woke up and people were still yelling at Pete instead of me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pete, look, that list is top 100 is hard to do. Yeah. The AJ Green is 63 though. Like, he, like just don't put AJ Green on the list. Nobody's going to complain. He didn't play last year. I would have complained. Uh, maybe. <laughs> okay. I mean, there were. Th- there were like five Bengals on the list. Were you really going to complain about AJ Green? Did um, did Pete back down or reconsider any counter arguments to who did and who did not make the list? No. In fact, he is still getting in a fight on Twitter with Cameron Hayward. No, I know about the Mika Fitzpatrick thing, but I don't know if there are other players where he's like, "Yeah, too high, too low." Should have had him on there. Well, like, so like, get, yeah, at least he ranked Russell Wilson what third? Yes, was, that was a, a good thing. That's though. the first time Russell Wilson has been inside the top twenty-five on Pete's list. So I guess you're kind of correcting a mistake. You do, I don't know if you guys saw it on HQ, but I was like, Pete, I printed out your article and held up a roll of toilet paper. <laughs> Did Jimmy make that joke? Didn't yeah, he steal it? <laughs> yeah, I told him before. I was gonna, I was like, I'm going to bring a roll of toilet paper on the show. Um, the uh, I will so say I was disappointed that Pete didn't have any kickers on the list. No. I need to get I need to get that off my chest. Oh, well, there's one of you. Okay, uh, Sean. So any other criteria for the list? And neither does uh, Sean. <laughs> is there a good kicker under the age of 25? Well, I'm not going to tell you because you didn't do any research. By the way, uh, by the way yeah. you, know, you know that Prisco had the same number of running backs as wide receivers in the top 100 list? It's like, what do you do? Like, all you do is – But I'm fine with that if if you expressly say positional value doesn't matter. You're just ranking right. best players. Because I actually had six running backs, so the running backs were the most popular position group. But I also left off running backs who, like, breaches – going to say Joe Mixon was his biggest snub, but I just felt like I had too many running backs already. Uh, so the criteria, there's only two things that eliminates you is if you're 25 years or older and also experience. So I did not count rookies simply because you just have no way to know how good they're actually going to be in the NFL. So Gerald Burrow, Chase Young, not eligible for the list. They'll be eligible a year from now. 
It's based on three things. What have they done so far? Uh, future projection and positional value. So that's why Christian McCaffrey, I think if you weren't doing positional value would probably rank in the top five, maybe even the top four. Uh, but because he plays running back, I bumped him down to eight. And you'll see some running backs ranked near the 20s. And they're clearly very good players. It's not their fault. It's just for as good as Saquon Barkley has been, they've won like, what, 11 games since he's been there. So there's not much he can really do to impact the team. Okay. Uh, well, let's get to the list then, shall we? Uh, let's see. 14 of 25 offensive players, four quarterbacks, six running backs. 19 of 25 were in Prisco's top 100, which means six guys. Outside of his top 100, that's kind of interesting. Uh, three players from the Saints, the most of any team. That draft that they had continues to, was it the 2017 draft? 17. Yeah, just, yeah. Man, the 2017 draft was awesome. Like, I mean, if you had, you know, if you, if you knew what you were doing, you came out of there with a, a franchise altering player or players, um, unless you're the Bears. So the, uh, the AFC outnumbered the NFC 14 to 11 and 13 players returned from last year. Uh, the carryover saw them. Did most of them just age out like Tredavious White, et cetera? Seven of the 12 aged out, but out of those seven, Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield, if they had been under 25, I would have left them off the list. Yeah. That's, that's for sure. Uh, and so the five players who missed the list due to performance or injury reasons, not age-related, were Bradley Chubb. He played in four games, only had one sack. He was ranked 10th, I, I believe, a year ago. Uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, which was a combination of injury and, and worse play. Roquan Smith, who took a slight step back last year, and he barely made the list a year ago. Juju Smith-Schuster, who was one of my toughest people to leave off because I don't really think the 2019 season was that much of his fault, uh, but he was not good in 2019. And then Miles Jack, who took a step back in 2019 as well. Mm. Indeed. Um, the guys who are on the list but no longer eligible, uh, you mentioned Mayfield and Goff. Also, Daniel Hunter, Chris Jones, Jalen Ramsey, TJ Watt, and Tredavious White. All right, let's get to uh, the snubs. Wilson, who do you think Sean screwed up on here? Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. He actually explained why pretty much. Uh, it's hard to take much out of a, of a season when you're a wide receiver and your quarterbacks are named Mason and Duck. Um, I still, th- I think he'll have a good season next year, uh, in 2020. Let's assume we'll get back to football. Fingers crossed. We know that Big Ben is slim, shaven, and he can throw a football now overhand. So those are all great signs. But, um, actually, I thought Sean did a good job of this list. But if you're, you know, going to be nitpicky, I'll mention Juju Smith Schuster. Yeah. It, again, that was one of the hardest ones. I, I was going back and forth between him and Marcus Williams. Once I figured out Tredavious White was actually 25 years old and I could fit one more player. Uh, part of the reason as well is that it wasn't just the quarterbacks, but if you do look at Juju's two good seasons, his first two years, he did have the benefit of playing alongside Antonio Brown. So we haven't seen him do it alone yet. And again, I'm not blaming the 2019 season on him, but when you look at some of the other receivers on this list, like Cortland Sutton, it's not like he was playing with great receivers and he still managed to put up good numbers. So that's why I talked Juju. Okay. Uh, Breach, what do you think? Uh, what snubs do I have? I have Joe Mixon. I know Sean kind of tried to explain himself by saying that uh, he didn't want to have a lot of running backs because Sean hates running backs. And I get that. Sean, I get that. But I think Mixon's been good enough that he should be a top 25 under 25. He led the AFC in rushing in 2018. Top 15 in total yards last year. Top 10 in rushing yards last year. Uh, I thought he has been good enough to warrant that. And I know that part of Sean's 
uh, logic here, and he mentioned Saquon Barkley specifically when he said this, was that, you know, this running back doesn't necessarily help the team win. You look at a guy like Saquon, who is obviously talented, but the Giants have only won nine wins in a season. But I don't know that you're using that logic with every player because you have Joey Bosa pretty high on this list, and the Chargers only won five games last year. So I don't know that it made a difference whether or not he was on the team. Uh, so Joe I, Mixon and my backup was Harrison Butker. The I, butt kicker. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize he was under 25. That makes sense. So, um, to address the Joey Bosa thing, I think the argument for Joey Bosa is that when healthy, he is I, one of the best pass rushers, one of the best players at his position group. And I don't think you can make an argument that Joe Mixon is a top five running back. I would say when we were talking about the extension stuff, none of us were wait, talking wait, wait. about Wait, I sort of checked out there for a second. Sorry, long story short. Um, I'm not going to explain why, but did you just say that Joe Mixon should be in over Joey Bosa? I didn't say that. Did Breed say that? Brenton, no one said that. No, one. no, he was just, he was making. Ugh, is it a Joe thing? It. Is it a Joe <laughs> thing? No, no, no. But I'm trying to, no, cause Joey Bosa, he was Joe saying Mama. is really good, but he did not, he was not able to impact the Chargers win total. They only won five games. Oh, and, oh, that's the Joe Mixon argument. Okay, cool, yeah, cool. Yeah. All right, good. And, and so, and I, I pointed this out with a lot of running backs. Well, like, Saquon's yeah, wait, great. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let, Sean started the podcast by saying that Saquon wasn't up higher because the Giants don't win with him. He's only won nine games in two years, no matter how talented he is. And I said, well, that logic could be applied to Joey Bosa because the Chargers only won five games and he's really high up on the list, but I won't spoil where. So my, my Joey Bosa thing is that he is one of the best pass rushers, one healthy, uh, one of the best players at his position group. I don't know if you can say that about Joe Mixon. I think he's a very good running back. But for instance, when we were talking about a couple weeks ago, the Bengals giving him an extension, we were never even fathoming the chance that they would give him a Christian McCaffrey type of extension where I think all the running backs I did include, there is going to be arguments. I think that you can make that they deserve those types of extensions. I don't think teams should do it, but I think that's going to be the argument put forth. And I don't think you can do that with Joe Mixon. What about Harrison Butker, Sean led the NFL and made field goals last year, 34 to 38. I just, I'm not going to address why I did not put a kicker in my I think the, 525. I mean, like, I, I don't really, I, so if I'm, if I'm picking a running back and I'm going through and I'm, and I'm decided, like, if I'm draft, if I'm, if I'm start, if I'm starting a team and I get to select the best young running back I have, con, independent of contract or whatever, um, I don't think, I think is Zeke Elliott or Christian McCaffrey would be one if, in terms of guys I'm picking. So I think that's a good call there. Uh, Zeke Elliott, your next one. Not to spoil yes. it, but yeah, Zeke, and then I have Saquon ranked one spot or two spots. Below. Yeah, I mean, like I just think the only guy that I would have a discussion about taking Joe Mixon over might be Dalvin Cook. I prefer Dalvin Cook, uh, but I do think the health thing is is a bit of an issue. Dalvin Cook checks in at twenty four. Uh, I mean, I guess a little surprising on there, but he had a great year. I think I do think Joe Mixon's season in twenty nineteen is sort of flying under people's radars, though. I mean, he was yeah, really- well. And to be honest, Breach, like, I'm not saying this to troll you, but like, I really do think, like, to do this list, you are leaving off 15 players who you can argue should be on that list. And Mixon is definitely one of those players. But playing for the Bengals, I really do think, whether intentional or not, just because I didn't care much about the Bengals last year, was not watching as many of their games as other teams, that probably was an effect on it, whether I was meaning to or not. So you hate the Bengals, Sean? I get it. I mean, anybody who, like, I watched like two or three Bengals games, I think I had like bets on them or something like that, and it's like, it is, it was awful. 
Actually, yeah, and, he, and he is running behind a bad offensive line. So, like, again, like, I can understand that's part of the problem is when you come at me with snubs, I, it's not like, oh, you're crazy. I think you have a completely wrong opinion. It's like, yes, I thought a, a lot about putting him near the back end of the list. And at the end, I just decided other players were slightly better. Or just had I mean, he, he only had a single game with more with either more than 20 touches or more than 100 yards rushing before December. Like, he just wasn't that impactful until the very end of the season. Like, a lot that's of people were – you, you just admitted not watching games, and Sean did too. And I'll I'll echo something Breach said during the year. They're actually the Bengals were pretty exciting to play because they were terrible, but they were always in it, typically in it until the end. I watched a fair share of Bengals games too, just just because I was watching AFC North. And I don't think, at least just off memory, I don't think it was a case that he just showed up the last month of the season. Is that right, Breach? I mean, I just gave you the stats. Like he didn't he didn't have a game with more than he had one game with more yeah. than a hundred yards until the last month. Did of you season. see the offense? Ryan Finley was his quarterback. Brandon okay, no, 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 but no, again, as I said, yes, Mixon gets hurt because he plays for a bad team behind a bad offensive line and a team that couldn't throw the ball very well. But he when, averaged, you're, making he it, averaged, when you're trying to fit 25 players under 25, yeah, it, no, I get it's that. almost at the point where it's like, yes, if you have a bad season but it's and it's not your fault, it doesn't matter. You're still getting dinged. Like, again, yeah. I think Bradley Chubb is probably one of the 25 best players on the age of 25, but you can't put him on the list when he played in four games in the I most recent. Pushing, I mean, I Joe, pushing, pushing it back against the idea that the Bengals were In the, the final oh. number I would put against yeah. Joe Mixon is when you look at every single running back on this list, if you look at the efficiency, they're all above five yards per touch. Joe Mixon by far has the lowest efficiency out of all these running he, backs. He, he averaged .2 yards per carry in, uh, in, in week seven. .2. Who they play? They played the Jacksonville Jaguars, who were actually one of the worst rush defenses in football. I can't. He also had 136 yards against the Patriots, who I think we all agree was one of the best defenses in football. That's what it's called Dick Vitale's music right there. Boom. He averaged 3.02 yards for the first seven weeks of the season until they finally yanked Andy Dalton out Prince, of there. you're pulling out the Christian McCaffrey had 1.41 yards per carry against Ooh. the Buccaneers. Yeah, I don't, I don't like, like using the one you game can't argument. Out individual <laughs> games. That's yeah, insane. I'm with Breach on that. I, I, I'm not looking. Oh, you at mean the best rush defense in football, the rest, best rush defense in football, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? 1.41. Joe, Joe Mixon had 27 rushing yards in the first two weeks of the season. Can I, can I ask to Breach this? I'm just <laughs> genuinely curious. Who would you take off the list for a Mixon? Marcus Williams. Okay. I mean, that's fine. Like, there was a lot of people. Who is at number list. 25? Because hey. the answer is them. You just said Dalvin Cook. <laughs> uh, I'm going to say that my snub is Josh Allen. Of the Jaguars. No, right? of the Bills. Wait, actually? Yes. Or I two Josh Allens. I think you snubbed both Josh Allens. Yeah, yeah, no, Josh Allen was the player that hurt the most. Not, not of the Bills. Josh Allen, the pass rusher of the Jaguars, because if he had gotten a, a full workload of snaps like other, other guys, I think he would have been on this list. He was remarkably efficient. Uh, it, again, it, the argument against it is just that he didn't have enough reps. Uh, Josh good. Allen of the Bills led the league with fourth quarter comebacks, four of them, and game winning drives, five. Um, I think, I think there's a chance that he takes a leap forward this year and makes you look like a fool for not including him. That's fine. If he, if he ascends in this upcoming season, I will put him on the list, but I'm and, not putting him on the At number 23. <laughs> and, and can I just say that it's an even bigger snub because Sean's May 21st deadline to turn 25. That is Josh Allen's birthday. <laughs> Bill's uh, quarterback, Josh Allen, but he only turns 24. Sean's gonna pur- he's purposely going to do this on May 22nd next year. So Josh Allen's already 25 and he doesn't have to worry about. Snubbing. Oh, you're right. Breach. He is going to do that. We're on to you, Sean. I have zero control over the budget, but 
we just found the two biggest conspiracy theorists on this podcast, I guess. Yeah. Is Breezy, is Breezy the biggest one? Both of you guys are thinking that. I'm trying to snub Josh Allen. You know who's going to snub Josh Allen? Josh Allen's right arm. Mm. You had to eat those words last year, Sean. You'll probably eat them again. What do you, I, what do you, uh, stop it. Brinson, do you, is this a troll or do you actually think Bill's quarterback, Josh Allen, is one of the 25 best players under the age of 25? No, you had to backtrack last year on Twitter and admit that Josh Allen wasn't a running back. Wasn't that you? (laughs) I don't actually think I ever retracted anything. I, I thought Josh Allen improved moderately in last season, but I think in order for him to like be a quarterback, you want to give a second contract. He needs to keep doing this over the next two years. He's getting a second contract. Yeah. He's getting paid by it. They won 10 games last year. He ain't Mr. Trubisky. I mean, Trubisky won 11 games the year before. No, Sean, do Bill's fans send you hate mail? Actually, no, no one has actually argued about Josh Allen. It might mention someone asked how old Tredavious White was. And when I said 25, Because people go to your Twitter feed to send you hate mail and they read all those tweets about movies and music. And I'm like, Oh my God, this guy is so boring. I can't even bother. <laughs> like, is this the wrong Sean Wagner? <laughs> if, if you had Josh Allen here, I don't think anybody would flinch. Would you guys, which one? The Bills quarterback. No, I think, I think that's right. I understand. I mean, look, I'm not going to, I mean, I, I, I think in like Allen. the, I mean, like, I mean, like AJ Brown was freaking incredible last year, and like I, no one loves AJ Brown as as much as I do. But like, I mean, Josh Allen has you know two years of being a starting quarterback in the NFL, and the teams you know went to the playoffs. I mean, like they won ten games. He had he played pretty well. I, I think you make a case that he'd be in over one of those guys. I think if the if it was framed as this is a draft of the twenty of players under twenty five, then yes, I think you can make it. A hundred percent would be it. Yeah. But I, I did explicitly outline that was my first rule. I guess I didn't say it on this podcast, but in the article was it's not a draft because otherwise I would not have included a single running back in it. In that can I just say how much Sean hates Josh Allen from the Bills? See like Ryan's biggest snub was Juju Smith Schuster and Sean has a list of guys who just missed the cut. Juju's on that list. My biggest snub was Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon is on that list. This list is 18 players long, which means Sean considered 43 players, and Josh Allen did not even make that list. I mean, that's, you don't even have that's this not, one of your top 44. Wait. For the record, though, Josh Allen is not the biggest snub for just missed the cut section. The biggest snub is Michael Gallup of the Cowboys, uh, who I didn't. Oh, know. that's and, a and good I, one. And to be honest, I actually meant to put him on just missed the cut. I didn't put him in the top 25, and I'm fine with that. Um, and then last night I was again looking at the numbers and I'd already filed it and it was already ready to go. So I didn't add him in. Uh, that would probably be if I could go back and have a do over, I'd put him in just miss the cut or maybe even put him at 25, maybe over Marcus Williams. I mean, like, okay. He's the Cowboys and the Bills. Do you think Josh Allen, do Josh Allen, Baker Mayfield or Jared Goff, who would be the highest one there? Josh Allen or Jared Goff? And Baker. Or Baker Mayfield. Baker. It's close. I mean, you're basically throwing darts blindfolded. At the yeah, I mean, a lot of it's just I just. I mean, Josh yeah, Allen yeah. hasn't had that regression season like Baker had last year. So he hasn't it. had the pressure either uh, of playing in Cleveland or I playing play Buffalo. Bills fans yeah. are insane. They love Josh Allen though. And, and Ryan, were... I saw a video of a baby being slammed through a table. I mean, ba- yeah, Baker's Baker Baker has some fans in Cleveland until last year when he stunk. If Josh Allen has a bad year, they'll turn on him. The pressure to win in Cleveland is actually greater than the pressure to win in Buffalo. I feel like, and Jared Goff. And one of them, you guys love to talk about Sean McDermott, and like one of them has McDermott, one of them had uh, your choice for coach of the year, Freddie Kitchens. Yeah, and this is the same guy who hates Sean McDermott, by the way. I know. I, so, wait a minute. No, I've 
I have addressed the Sean McDermott thing, and I've said I, I think he's a good coach now. I've said that. I, no, I no, 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 but, but you still – I'm you doing st- it fine. I'm doing it right now. I was wrong about Sean McDermott. He made one horrible, inexplicable quarterback decision early on. I think what he's done ever since then is tremendous. This I is put him as a top-10 coach in football. This is a guy who apologized for getting caught cheating on his girlfriend when his girlfriend catches him cheating on him. Whoa. Sorry, whoa, uh, I didn't whoa. mean to do that. Uh, this is uh, what I meant to say was <laughs> – Did you just drop a – a nuke on on Sean? No, did you? speaking in generalities. I'm not. <laughs> oh, we got TMZ Ryan over here. Who's the conspiracy theorist? My God, Sean just Sean, ready outhouse. I hope, your, I hope your ladies ladies parents are listening to this podcast. I know, Sean. Let me, Sean, let me ask you this: Baker Mayfield just turned 25 like three weeks ago. If he had not turned 25 three weeks ago, he was still 24. Would he have made your list? No. I actually wrote that in the article that Goff and Mayfield, even if they had been under twenty five, I would. You, you actually said that, that like ten minutes ago on here. Yeah, yeah, I did. All right, let's get to the top twenty five uh, to dive dive into it a uh, little bit. Uh, these are twenty five through eleven, and we'll discuss Marcus Williams twenty five, Dalvin Cook twenty four, AJ Brown twenty three, Cortland Sutton twenty two. Fun little comparison there. Kenny Clark twenty one, Nick Chubb twenty. Kyler Murray, 19. By the way, he didn't make Pisco's top 100 either. Um, in fact, none of those guys did that I just listed. Alvin Kamara, 18. He's number 40 in Prisco's list. Saquon Barkley, 17, 35 in Prisco's list. Marshawn Lattimore, 16. Didn't make Prisco. Really? Didn't that was a weird one to me, by the way, Prisco's list. I was scanning. I was like, he wasn't even in just missed, like, snubs. Hmm. Man, I've whiffed on that. Uh, Zeke Elliott, 17 on Prisco's list. 15 for you. Marlon Humphrey, Nick Bosa, 13. Jamal Adams, 12. Derwin James, 11. Ryan Wilson, who on that, who on that list of names I just read out is too high on Sean's list? Antonio Jaquarius Brown. I don't know if that's A.J. Brown's real name. I just want to make up a name for him. A.J. Brown. I love A.J. Brown. Antonio Ramiro Romo. Yeah, that's a great name. I don't love A.J. Ar- Brown. Arthur Juan Brown. Oh, I, that's a great name. Arthur Juan Brown. A.J.B. Uh, I like him a lot. Um, but I just do wonder, and, and, um, Sean pointed this out. That uh, it's one thing like Juju was second fiddle to, to Antonio Brown two and three years ago. Um, actually, A.J. Brown led the Titans in, in receptions. In fact, had more catches than Corey Davis and Adam Humphreys. He was the only player on that team with a 1,000 yards. Um, no other player on that team had um, more than four touchdowns. He had eight. So he, he balled out. But I do wonder, and while, look, that offense got better with Ryan Tannehill, and you could argue a lot better, especially in the passing game, I do wonder if scary Terry McLaurin, would have made sense there at the bottom of, of, of the list because while his stats weren't quite as impressive, he did a crap ton more with a crap ton less around him. Uh, 58 receptions, 919 yards, which is uh, 15.8 yards per catch, and seven touchdowns, which is mind-blowing in an offense that featured Dwayne Haskins. And who was – I didn't know who the starter – Colt McCoy, was he the starter at the beginning of the year? Who was it? Case Keenum. Case Keenum, sorry. So, uh, I'm look, again, I love A.J. Brown. I have no real issue with this. But uh, if you're going to press me on it, maybe maybe Terry Mack get there at the bottom of the uh, bottom of the list. Yeah, he was in the just missed section. Uh, definitely considered it. He definitely, as Ryan pointed out, to his credit, played in a far worse situation. But if you do look at the overall numbers, I, 
AJ Brown does have a beat in pretty much every single category, even I, yards per catch. I also think like, and I would say that yards per catch thing is over 20, which is just not sustainable. Like that would be my yes. only concern is that AJ Brown, and we've talked about sort of, you know, if the running game is less efficient and Ryan Tannehill takes a step back, like that probably has a negative effect on AJ Brown. Like I wouldn't be surprised at all if he had a 750 yard season or something like that See, this year. I kind of, I kind of think his efficiency is going to plummet and I know. Oh, his raw numbers might over, spike. I think his overall, he only had 52 catches last year. Yeah. I, like I think that could go up. So I think his yards could stay around a thousand and the touchdowns is also what could regress because he had eight touchdowns yeah. on 52 catches. So that's an incredibly high touchdown rate. Dude, he is, I mean, he's a force in nature though. Like, <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I think he would be, I, I, I think including him was a, a smart play. Like it almost felt like, he could have won rookie of the year. I think he should have gotten more consideration for it than he did. And like, as the Titans were making this run, yeah, it was Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill, but it was like AJ Brown was just like, to just take over games. I mean, every week he had some like just crazy long score where he torched, torched people. I, I'm trying to think if they, I don't know if they have, they wish they had long on here. Like, so from. He had that big break. He had a big game in week one where he caught three balls for a hundred yards. And, but then the stretch from week 11 until week 16, he didn't play in week 17. Um, he averaged four catches at a hundred yards a game with five touchdowns. Like he was averaging 24 yards per catch. That is a quarter of the field every time he caught the ball. Pretty good. Okay. Breach, uh, who do you think is too high on this list? Uh, my too high guy is Derwin James. Uh, Sean has him at 11th. And I guess, I guess my issue is it feels like Sean went to the Pete Prisco school of inventing qualifications for each ranking instead of having a general one that applies to almost everybody. Sean, you mentioned earlier that a big reason you didn't have Bradley Chubb on this list. Chubb was on the list last year, but not this year because you didn't feel like we saw a lot from him. He only played in four games. Not enough to kind of crack this list. Well, Derwin James only played in five games this year, had fantastic rookie season. That's fine. Uh, but I just didn't feel like he did enough to be ranked at 11. I would have put him on this list because he was so good as rookie year, but I don't think you can put a guy who only played five games that close to the top 10. So I guess I would say the difference between Derwin James and Bradley Chubb is that I thought James's rookie season was better than Bradley Chubb's rookie season. Uh, and I thought that Derwin James's five game sample while incredibly small was more impressive than what Bradley Chubb showed in his limited four game sample. And what ended up being difficult for me is why Derwin James is ranked this high is it. I, I just felt like with Jamal Adams lurking at 12 right there, I didn't want to rank Jamal Adams above Derwin James because I think Derwin James is a better player than Jamal Adams, even if he had the injury. I actually – Derwin James is ranked 12 last year, played five games, and moved up to 11. But <laughs> that's not necessarily means Derwin James played better. That's just a result of players ahead of him on the list no longer being eligible. Like, go look at the top ten. There's, like, Chris Jones in there. I mean, Also, top- like, I mean, this list isn't entirely, like, designed to just be – Hey, who are the best players under 25 in 2019? Like, it's supposed to be predictive as well. Like, Derwin, yes, it's a mix. Like, Derwin's rookie season was friggin' incredible. And like, that's who he is. So if he doesn't get hurt, I mean, he's going to come back and do something like that this year with a defense that's absolutely loaded. I mean, so I, well, I, right. And I understand that. He's still an unknown quantity though, because he's been off for almost a year. You know how good he was in 2018, but you don't know that he's going to recover 
from this injury and be as good as he was then, I, even at the beginning of last season. So I do understand the future looking, Brinson, and he could be awesome because he could be as good as he was in 2018, but there is the equal side of that that he might not be because he's coming off a substantial injury. But, but, but he, came, he came back. Be, he, came he back already and, came back, and he was yeah. really good in those five games in December. Yeah, he didn't have, like, crazy numbers when he came back like he did last year. Like, it's not a quarter of his 2018 season. But this is a guy who gets sacks. He gets interceptions. Um, you know, he, he breaks up a ton of passes. He You can blitz him. He can play in the box and stuff to run. Like, I, I, I think even, like, if – I almost think eleven. You could almost say is too like too so low. The, I, I'm glad you said that because I actually had too high him in the top ten. I had him in the top ten before right. my final run through because I was going to have the Saints and Chargers as the only, or sorry, the Colts and Chargers as the only two teams with two players in the top ten. And then after a final review, to Breach's point, I moved Minka Fitzpatrick at ten. Spoiler alert: above Derwin James because I felt like so I, I would take Minka for doing it. Yeah, Minka was awesome last year, but I would, I mean, I would take Derwin over Minka in a heartbeat. And I've, I mean, I've said that since before the Wrong draft. Answer. I mean, just, so you're just a homer. I mean, that's just <laughs> but all I, I actually <laughs> he said it so. <laughs> um, I think it's wrong. Close. Wrong. Exactly. Um, that's what it reminded me of too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, Minka was awesome, but I, I, that's just my personal preference. I like, I like Derwin, I like Derwin better coming out of college. Uh, and Wait a th- second. Derwin was number 49 in Prisco's top 100 and he didn't, he played five games last year. Is that better or worse than the AJ Green? Uh, I think Derwin's better. But again, like that's, that's the problem with Pete's list is like you can't figure out what the criteria are. <laughs> like I've got a pretty firm idea of what Sean's trying to do here. And like the, the, the person, Prisco's like just slapping dudes in like half of this time. <laughs> no Marshawn Lattimore. No Minka Fitzpatrick. The Lattimore thing, not even in just miss. I was like, I had to go back and I was like, was Lattimore like terrible? Did I miss this? Because I watched a lot of Saints games, right? Cause they're really good. And he, he, Lattimore has not been as good as he's been his rookie season. Uh, but he's been very good the last two years still. Um, by the way, Prisco's on Twitter getting body bagged by Steelers Depot. Just texted him and told him, you got body bagged by, on a tape talk by a blogger. How's it feel? Big boy. Um, I can't really repeat it. Uh, so, all right. So, uh, my too high, I went with Jamal Adams and friend of the program. So I feel bad doing that to him. Uh, like Jamal Adams. Remember that time at the Super Bowl, Breach tried to steal the Jamal Adams hat that Jamal Adams gave me so I'd get my 13-year-old son because Breach wanted a bunch of hats to keep and yeah, it was, not it was, wear. It was weird. <laughs> I was like, going to give it to my baby. God, yeah. a shrine. You're taking presents away from a baby. Yeah, who who doesn't what, – what baby doesn't want a, 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 a giant – Brian trying to give it to his – No, that hat was made out of uh, leather because it was like a – Wilson, Wilson NFL leather. It was like a 40-pound hat. What baby doesn't want a 40-pound leather <laughs> – Flat bill, flat brim hat. I mean, when's the last time you were around a baby? Babies love heavy hats. Is that baby's last name Wilson? It had like, (laughs) it had like a, it had a, it had a metal football on it with like sharp, like edges and like, like you could easily, like if a baby got a hold of it, the baby would either crack their head open or like, like cut a finger. But let me ask you this, Wilson, who did end up getting the hat? You caved finally. Thank Thank you. you. Only because it had your last name on it, even though it wasn't supposed to. I appreciate it. Hey, right, so, so Breach, did you, did you, uh, did you let your baby play with any knives before you, came, you know, before you came down to do the podcast or like just some, like some light, like a, you know, a couple matches, anything like that? Small plastic objects? Brinson, the baby's an expert at throwing knives. That's creepy and believable somehow. Kind of, kind of cool. Yeah, that's pretty awesome actually. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, like, I think Adams is a great player. Yeah, like, uh, did you name the baby Aria? <laughs> <laughs> 
a terrible talk. Sean impression, too. Yeah, that's weird. He can throw knives, and he's really impressed. Why is Sean talking like me? Um, uh, mainly, I think, though, because of Nick Bosa is below him. And, like, I, there's just no chance that I would take Jamal Adams over Nick Bosa. Or, really, I don't – maybe not – maybe Derwin James, either. It, if this was a draft, I would agree with you. The reason yeah. I put Adams over Bosa is because it is a mix of past and future. And it's not Bosa's fault because he's only been in the league for one year. But Adams, what he has accomplished over the last three years, uh, supersedes what Bosa did this past season. See, I don't like that. Uh, that's, uh, that's like a, um, that's a good defense. Lifetime. Well, you don't like my criteria. Like, I feel like we've had this discussion on the podcast every the last or last year where you approach it more as like this is a draft. And that's probably why you think Kyler's too low on the list. Yeah. Because if this was a draft, Kyler would be in the top 10. Yeah. I, I, I think I just prefer, um, the uh the construct of like take the better player like in the moment like in the moment yeah. right now i would rather have nick bosa and yeah kyler i would rather have i mean obviously i would take kyler over jamal adams as well but i mean like jamal adams had an awesome season last year and he was um he was very good six and a half sacks for his safety as i wrote in the in the article there's only been two instances since 2006 of a safety having 20 plus quarterback pressures and both belong to jamal adams according to pro football focus wow that's pretty good 10 tackles for loss, 13 quarterback hits, seven passes defensed, one. Oh, oh my God. He, uh, who were they playing when he, he, was it, was it Carson Wentz? He stole somebody's soul. Like he went in and just, it was Duck Hodges. I mean, Duck Hodges isn't exactly dunking on somebody. Uh, <laughs> who was it? Who are they playing? They beat the Steelers. It could have been. Um, maybe it was the Steelers. And some beautiful snags by 86. Five receptions today. That's a season high for the rookie. As Jones has it taken away by Jamal Adams. And he is in for a catch touchdown. He stripped the ball from Daniel Jones. And Go watch that clip. I mean, he took Daniel Jones's lunch money. Like, he walks yeah. into the pocket and just like, Takes the ball away from Daniel Jones and it just takes off for the end zone. Like, it's not like he, like, knocked the ball. He, like, grabbed the ball from another adult man. All right. You know what? I take, take it I back. I mean, I mean, and I mean, I will say though, I feel like most of us could probably take the ball from Daniel Jones at the rate he fumbles. Did Daniel Jones get any consideration? No, not at all. Hey, you, you don't like Daniel Jones. I, I'm, I don't know enough about Daniel Jones. What do you I think about he, We have some staunch defenders of Daniel Jones. If Carson, uh, I was trying, I was going to sneak it before Debo left. I was going to thrash Carson Wentz, but, um, he's gone now. So we can talk I as long a, as we uh, want, guys. No one can stop us from talking now. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, let's move no, along. Daniel Jones flashed some good last year. Yeah. So I think he's just a big unknown. Yeah. Uh, too low on this list. Breach. Too low. Uh, I had Zeke. I would have just switched Zeke with Derwin James, and boom, I would have been happy with the list. Zeke was at 15, move him up to 11, put Derwin at 15, and that's it. Sean, yeah, can, yeah. You, can you do that? Can you go in and edit it right now? <laughs> no. I felt weird putting Zeke that far above Kamara, Barkley, Kamara, and Saquon. Uh, and I felt like if I was moving Zeke up that high, then I would have had to move the other running backs higher to position them closer because I don't know if the gap is that big between all three of them. Well, and I then... mean, I feel like if you take Zeke out of the Cowboys offense, it would hurt them a lot more than if you took, say, Kamara out of the Saints offense. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. Yeah. I think Pollard could be, could be fine in that offense. I mean, I mean, we won't know, but until it happens, but 
I'm fine with where Zeke is, but I mean, I mean, I mean, he's like, he's a, like Zeke is a stud. Like when he's on the field, like, I mean, he's just, he's just, he's so consistent and he's, I mean, there's nothing to not like about Zeke. Um, But I do think it would have been like Brenton, you would have had a really tough time if I had Zeke ranked above like Bosa and Derwin James and Jamal Adams, right? I mean, yeah. I felt like where I could get away with putting him above position players was like Marshawn Lattimore and um, whoever else I have down there, like Kenny Clark. Those guys, I felt like I could justify having a running back over. Uh, the real disgrace here is that Kyler Murray's nineteen, isn't that right, Wilson? Yeah, no, you and I agree on that, and I think just because we disagree with Sean's methodology, uh, I mean, you go through this list, there are a lot of guys ahead of Kyler Murray that I would take Kyler Murray before I would take them. But I mean, I understand what you're doing. But it's just the most important position, quarterback. I thought he played really well last year in a five-win team. That was probably a one-win team. Um, I, I was, I'm a little surprised. Like I know, like John Ledyard, uh, a friend of the program, friend of the show, he did some draft stuff. Now he covers the Buccaneers. But he was like, "What's that?" Peter Report. Peter Report. He was like asking. He's like, "Tweet me your team, and I'll tell you how many above-average players are on it." And so I was like, "Cardinals," and he didn't list Kyler Murray. He's a he's a strict Raider. I. Kyler Murray's I, above average quarterback. I would say that if I had to guess which two players will have the biggest bump in this list from this year to next year, it would be the two people, two people maybe you pointed out, Kyler Murray and Bosa. I think next year will be in the top 10 if I had to guess. But look, when you, I, and I love Kyler Murray, and I think if we were doing this as a draft, you could even make an argument he would be the fourth pick behind, uh, Behind Deshaun Watson, at he third. just he just we, would be the fourth pick, right? He might be but, the third. He might be the third pick, right? But when you start to look at and I and I love him and I love watching him play, but when you start to look at the advanced numbers, like the best statistic in his favor has him ranked fifteenth, and it felt weird to put the fifteenth best player at his position group, for example, in the top ten of of a list that is not trying to just be about positional value. Because again, if I was doing that, I would not have six running backs on this list. Okay. But I'm fine with it. If you want to argue that he should be above the cluster of running backs, like above Zeke at like 14, like if I saw that list, I would yell about it. I mean, I, I, I agree with the point that like Zeke is a better. I, don't, I would have a real problem with him at the top 10. Zeke is a better running back than Kyler Murray as a quarterback. I'll give you that. Like he, like in yes, terms of where he that's ranks. part of the criteria that I'm trying to do. Okay. That's like why, again, like Joe Mixon, I felt like wasn't on that list because I don't think you make an argument he's even like a top six running back. All right. Um, just right. Uh, Wilson, and I agree. It's Derwin James. Breach likes Nick Bosa. Uh, so we're kind of all over the place on here. Like, I think Nick Bosa is too low. Here's the top 10. 10, Mika Fitzpatrick. 9, Chris Godwin. 8, Christian McCaffrey. Number 5 on Prisco's top 100, by the way, for a running back. Darius Leonard. Number 7, 99 on Prisco's top 100. That was, that was another one that I did not understand and made me go back and like relook at his numbers and be like, what did I miss here? Right. He, he had a worse year than his like all pro rookie season. <laughs> I mean, uh, number six, Miles Garrett, 47th on Prisco's list. Uh, five, Joey Bosa was number two last year, number 13 on Prisco's list, top 100. Uh, Quentin Nelson, four, 15 on Prisco's list, and then the quarterbacks. Deshaun Watson, third, 62nd on Pete Prisco's list, and it drew a LOL facepalm from Deshaun Watson on Instagram on the CBS Sports account. Uh, which Pete Prisco will be reminded of frequently. Lamar Jackson, number two, uh, on number, on number seven on Pete's list this year, which, sure, I guess that's where you could put the MVP when you're talking about the top 100 players. And Patrick Mahomes, number one across the board, number one last year. Can the first 10 picks be quarterbacks, basically. 
any top 100 list? No, oh, Pete tries to do the positional thing too, which well, we don't. Yeah. Well, do okay. we know his methodology? He does. It's not position. It's not. He doesn't use position. Like, and that's why I think for these lists, you can't have positional value be the number one thing because then you yeah. just wouldn't have running backs. Well, I mean, Josh Allen not would just. Fun. Yeah, Josh Allen would be like tenth with this list. Right. Andy Dalton. <laughs> He's in my top 100. He would be in the top 100 if you were doing positional value. Okay, fair enough. Um, all right, who's too high on this list, Wilson? Oh, I said uh, Darius Leonard. And I, I love Darius Leonard. I loved his rookie season a little better than season two, uh, as per Pete Prisco. But uh, just the guys behind him, like I would put uh, run CMC ahead of him. Uh, you could talk me into Chris Godwin, Minka, of course, because I'm a huge Minka guy. Um, Derwin James, Nick Bosa. I know we talked about why Nick Bosa wasn't there. So I just thought maybe – if he weren't, he's what the. Oh, I mean, he got hurt last year. Yeah, he's the. He still played in like fourteen games. He had thirteen. He had thirteen games total, and his numbers were his interceptions were up, his passes defense and forced fumbles were down, his uh, tackles were down, his sacks were down, his tackles for loss were down, his quarterback hits were down. But like they're all down, like basically incremental relative to how many games he played uh, this year versus the previous year. Yeah, yeah and, and the and the improvement in the interceptions really did help vault him up. Yeah, I like him. I'm not, again, I, there no, there's nothing on this list that stands out to me that makes me angry. But uh, if you're asking me, I'm going to go with Darius Leonard. So just yeah, I know you're not saying that, but I think the reason why, for example, he's above Minka is because I think Leonard's had a better two. Minka might have had a better 2019 season than mm-hmm. Leonard, but I would say the total body of work favors Leonard right now. Uh, I think Chris Godwin, you could probably make an argument, could be higher. I'm expecting, to be honest, a little bit of his numbers to come back down just because he's not playing with Jameis anymore. Playing with a better quarterback, but a quarterback who's going to be way more cautious, and that team will just be better. So by default, they're not going to have to throw the ball as much late in games. Uh, McCaffrey, the only argument against him is why he's at eight is because of his position he plays. And I I could not put him over a player like Darius Leonard, who I think if you were doing the draft criteria, Leonard would go before McCaffrey every single time. Uh, Breach and I agree that Minka Fitzpatrick's too high. Wrong. I knew Wilson would say that. <laughs> I mean, this, like, the Minka thing's out of, like, it's, it's, it's hard to get a full grasp on it. Like, I think he's probably somewhere closer to 15 on this list, but like, I also don't mind him being 10 because Prisco had him. Like, all right, let me ask you this. Did you bump Minka up as like a no. subtle dig at Prisco? No, I actually had most of my list finalized before I even read Prisco's list. So let me say, let me put it this way. So he's fourth, the fourth defensive player on Sean's list at number 10. He was in legit in the defensive player of the year running until the end of the season. So I don't know how fourth among all defenders is too, is too high. I mean, I, I think that, uh, he was great. I would have had Derwin James above him if Derwin James had played a full season or close to a full season. Yes. He did. I, I don't, I don't mind that. I think Nick Bosa should be ahead of him. McBuster's freaking awesome. He was one of the defensive player of the year last year. I just, I just made the same argument about Minka, who literally came in and changed the face of that defense by stepping on the field. He's so good he got traded. Nick Bosa didn't do that because he played on a defense that was, yeah, that's a dumb thing. <laughs> the trade thing is the dumb, yeah, that's neat. That's <laughs> a dumb argument. That's neat. <laughs> Nick Bosa played on a defense that was already legit. He got traded by a tanking team, Britson. They were, they were trying to sell their good players don't, for picks. Don't take the bait. Just move on. <laughs> if the team drafted him like the same GM drafted him like nine months before and they just traded him. The team, the team made a lot of terrible decisions. I, I <laughs> you, you will admit that the 18th overall pick for Minka is a steal. 
Yeah, and, and it ends up being a good. I will. I'll give Ryan credit because he was defending the trade from day one. At, granted, it's probably because he's a Steelers fan. But I think me and Brenton, I'm not, I can't remember how Breach fell. I didn't think it was a smart trade because I looked at that quarterback situation. I was like, yeah. this team's going to get a top five pick, and he did transfer that team to the point where I think what they traded away is better than what they could have found in the draft at their position. 100%. He would have been yeah. the first defensive player taken. He would have gone yeah. up before Jeffrey Akuda. So I love that trade now. At the time, I didn't love it because I thought they were going to be bad, and they weren't. Minka, not, 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 you're saying Minka right now. He would have – if he was coming out this year, he wouldn't have gone before Chase Young. He would have gone before Jeffrey Akuda. He would have been the first defensive back taken, I should say, to clarify. If he was coming out this year? Yeah. I don't agree with that. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. Well, one is a junior draft analyst and one one yeah. is a well, head. I, what's your favorite what's your favorite thing that Jeffrey Akuda does that Minka Fitzpatrick doesn't do? I'm not saying that Jeffrey Akuda would have done it, but my point is that he was the he wasn't even the first defensive back taken in his class because another guy from Ohio State, Denzel Ward, who isn't as good as Jeffrey Akuda, was taken ahead of Minka Fitzpatrick. So I think like I'm saying, if you take Minka Fitzpatrick now and drop him in the draft, maybe that's different. But coming out of no, you said you said coming out. <laughs> Yeah, if he was coming out this year, no, people love Minka. Yeah, he, yeah, he, the Dolphins took him eleventh overall and then traded him. Who took who took Denzel Ward? The Browns. Okay, thank you. I mean, Denzel Ward was a consensus top cornerback. It's a close. Not on my not on my list. It was Minka. Minka, he's not a cornerback. Would you take Akuda over Fitzpatrick? Because I kind of feel like that's what the no. If the question is, well, first of all, Ryan's been saying top defensive player. He, correct, he corrected himself right away. He's been he's been he's been saying defensive player for a few weeks now, just look conveniently look ignoring Chase Young. <laughs> he loves he loves lying. So ahead. if you had the second row pick, would you take Chase Young or Mika Fitzpatrick? <laughs> Chase Young, I just corrected myself. <laughs> I mean, I don't have a problem. Like if you're taking Minka now, now the issue is you've already lost two years of his rookie deal, so you have to pay him a ton of money. He would know. be a rookie if he was being drafted. That's what you're talking about? This is worse than the Andy Dalton. No, 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 no. If if you're saying Minka as a prospect would not have gone before Jeff Okuda. Okay. I can't speak to that. I, I don't he I didn't go before Denzel Ward. Oh my god. Okay, that's fine. That's what you believe. I'm telling you I believe otherwise. Do you think is Akuda a better prospect than Denzel Ward? Yes. Yes. He's he's bigger. Denzel's asking. Okay. If Denzel if Jeffrey Okuda is a better was a better prospect coming out than Denzel Ward, which he, he is then he would have gone before Minka Fitzpatrick. You're dead ass wrong. So where would you guys rank Minka Fitzpatrick? I just told you where. No, oh, we're not on your no. list. <laughs> yeah. No, Brinson and Breach because they said he was too high. Unranked. Unranked. <laughs> he's on the PD. He's on the PD Pancakes bandwagon. I would have met third. I told you uh, maybe I'd switch him with Zeke instead of Derwin James. I I do sort of agree with the like I again I like Derwin better, but I agree with the construct that like Minka actually played. And like put up monster numbers. So I don't, so I think I would probably, I would move Bosa, Nick Bosa up to 10. Um, I might slide Zeke why, up to. Why, why would you move Nick Bosa up? Cause again, he's, he's, um, an awesome, uh, what's the word I'm trying to, he's his, the, the fruits of his labor are a function of playing on a dominant defensive line, the best defensive line in football. It, to Ryan's point about that, if you took Nick Bosa off the 49ers, they still make the playoffs. And they're still a good team. All right, if you take if you Megan take Fitzpatrick, Fitzpatrick off, the off the Steelers, they're they're one of the five worst teams maybe in football. And they that's not even. Teams. I don't think that's an exaggeration. Oh my god, get out of here! The Steelers part. I mean, they're not going eight and eight. Without if you take Megan Fitzpatrick off the Steelers, they still miss the playoffs. So like, there you go, you got it right there. Oh, I, I said they're not going eight and eight. They're six, five or six win team. 
I mean, Nick Bosa had 16 tackles for loss and 25 quarterback hits. Along with yeah, nine that's seconds. why he's ranked 13th. He's very high on the list. <laughs> Brez is just looking to argue. No, I mean, no, I mean, to, to his credit, like a lot of this is just nitpicking and it's not at least, that's why I'm happy. It's not the like Prisco type of how did you leave? How dare you left this person off? It's like this person should be 10th instead of 13th, which is like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I can understand if you look at it from a different point of view. I mean, you asked me where I would slot Mika Fitzpatrick and I told you I would, I would slide Nick Bosa and Zeke up and Kyler Murray and, uh, I would, uh, I would slide Minka back. So I guess I would put him back at 13, 14. That's where I had him. Yeah. It's, I mean, so it's, Zeke is more valuable to the Cowboys than Minka is to the Steelers. You think? It's not more valuable. It's I think not the Zeke is better at his position than Minka is at his position. Absolutely. But it is a mix, and positional value does matter. And I agree with that. Zeke is a better running back than Minka. Uh, actually, I think it's pretty close, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that yeah, never mind. I'm not going to walk down that. This line. like the, Ryan. It's like it's like the, the one time you got something right. Congratulations! I, I applaud you <laughs> for planting your flag and just like beating this Minka drum, like it, it, like beating this Minka horse until like it's lying on the ground. It's been dead for a few weeks, and Ryan's just clubbing it again, over and over and over again. Um, Screaming, "Look at me! Look at me!" Yep. Uh, too, uh, too low on this list. Uh, Breach and Wilson both agree that Christian McCaffrey. At number eight is too too low. Hmm. He's an air back. I almost felt like it was too high. I mean, again, it doesn't sound like a broken record, but it's positional value. I mean, he had an incredible season that he probably won't ever repeat. Don't have a lot of guys who are higher on Pete's list than on your list. I would have C-Mac five because, again, my my criteria for Sean's criteria is uh, value to team is uh, – Chris McCaffrey more valuable to the Panthers than Joey Bosa is to the Chargers, and I would argue that yes, he probably is. They won five games, but it, so do the yeah, so do the char- so do the, the Chargers. Yeah, the Chargers. <laughs> wait a minute, but Joey Bosa—they've had success with Joey Bosa before. Oh, what a big jam! Wallace took it in his hands and said, "Up, up and away, Gypsy Dude, Dunkaroo." Did they not have success with Chris McCaffrey before? What are you talking about? I gotta remember the last three years of the Panthers. This is your baby. You should know all this stuff. Panthers went seven and nine in the second year. And I mean, look, I can, I can just tell you the reason why McCaffrey's, and I said before, if I was not doing positional value, I think I would have ranked him fourth behind Deshaun Watson. But because I do factor in positional value, uh, I mean, I think we can all agree, or at least well, I would say edge rusher is far more valuable. Let me ask than you this back. though. Besides, would you say that Christian McCaffrey is the best running back in the NFL. Yes. Yes. And besides Patrick Mahomes, is there any other player under 25 who is the best player at his position? Well, technically, Lamar Jackson could have a claim for it if you wanted to. Well, the basic- well only, only one of those two guys can be the best. So, yes, Breach is right. Yes, yeah, no, you're saying. I, yeah, I think, yeah, Breach, I agree with what your point that you're making. And so that is why I would have him higher. If you're so the sh- best player at your position and you're on an under 25 list, you should. Actually, be- yes, Quentin Nelson. Yeah. Is the best, best guard in football, I would argue. And he's under 25. That's why I said five. Yeah. I think, okay, I think and five. I'm not, again, I'm not, that's just, I think you understand why I have him at eight. It's just because he plays running back. And it's not because you hate running backs. Yes. All right. What's the last one on this thing? Uh, <laughs> just, you know, when Ryan is just, uh, just right. That means who landed in the exact right spot? You mentioned Quentin Nelson. You didn't I didn't say, Brinson, who your too low was. I didn't mean to. I didn't fill it out. I don't think I forgot. I don't care. Right. McCaffrey's too low. I agree. Um, no, you, you wrote Derwin. 
Yeah, but he's not in the top ten, so that was stupid. Right, but you, <laughs> for some reason, you answered that question with Derwin. Yeah. Uh, just right. Um, we will not be discussing Patrick Mahomes. That is not the time for this, Sean, unfortunately for you. Uh, I think Quentin Nelson is just right. I think Quentin I Nelson at four. I mean, Quentin Nelson is just like a dominant, like Hall of Fame path, solid as a rock. That's a, that's a great line from Rusty Velvet, too. It's like solid as a rock. Cause they're building homes in Iraq, but the houses aren't solid. <laughs> um, I mean, Quentin Nelson, like, was just, he just showed up. And he's an all pro and he's just really good. Like he, like he's just open box, all pro guard two years in a row. Uh, two, and people two. were whinging about the pick at the time. Like you don't take a guard that high, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Bill Rivers will appreciate it. Isn't Quentin Nelson the guy who walked over to the punter and very politely told him to quit kicking punts at his head? Yeah. Warm up? Like Quentin Nelson looks like a dude who will just like destroy if you. If you were redrafting the 2018 draft, where would Quentin Nelson go? That's a fun one. Baker, Saquon, Darnold, Ward, Chubb, Nelson. Okay, well, Lamar would go one. Obviously, right. Ward would not go there. You would take Quentin. You can move Quentin up at least one spot. By the way, Ryan, someone, the first angry tweet I got today was no Denzel Ward on my list. That was really? no Denzel Ward. That's a weird one. <laughs> um, I think that, is there, some, is there anybody down this list, like in this draft, that's like, like some like, you know, like George Kittle is like a fifth round pick. There's nobody. Um, by by weighted career approximate value, Quentin Nelson is third, only behind Lamar and Darius Leonard in that draft. Oh, so like if we were redoing it, the Browns would take Lamar Jackson first overall, um, and then the I think the uh, the Giants would take Quentin Nelson. I think at that point, yeah. Like it's I think kind of funny that they did it. Like he's like Dave Gettleman's dream. <laughs> yeah, and I think Gettleman. Man, well, why put it did... this way? The Giants could have taken Quentin Nelson at two, and then taken Nick Chubb at thirty four instead of Saquon and Will instead of Saquon and Will yeah. Hernandez. Right. Yeah. Like if you, yeah, if you'd gone with, yeah, that's tough, man. That's brutal. Like that, what if? Or they could have even gone with Sam Darnold or Baker Mayfield, which I, I would be perfectly fine. I know yeah. that Quentin Nelson has been better than those guys, but I would have no Wait, problem this with that. Is, this is weird. Tied for fourth with Saquon Barkley's make up his Patrick for the 2018 draft class. Get out of town. Thank you. I don't, who's, uh, who's, who's ahead of him? Darius Lamar. Lamar, Lamar. Lamar. Quentin Leonard, Quentin, Quentin, Quentin Leonard, Quentin <laughs> Hmm. Interesting then, Ryan. So you had Darius Leonard is too high and Minka too low. And okay, yet, well, oh, okay. Darius. Weighted approximate value is not the. And yet, Darius, Darius Leonard. I mean, Darius Leonard was seven. You wanted to flip Darius Leonard to Minka, but the weighted approximate value just stuffed it in your face. I didn't want to flip him. But <laughs> Whoa! Oh! What a big- Enough of that. Uh, My first dunk on is a fake dunk by this moron. <laughs> um, <laughs> he, like the ref blew the whistle, then he went and dunked on the empty hoop, and, like, like, and, and then flexed in your face. You know that's <laughs> that's like the most. So like Dennis Smith, uh, the guy who's now got like an FBI investigation going on with NC State. He's like got this like famous like. Is th- he a coach? No, no, former player. He plays for the uh, Mavs now. Oh like, uh, no, Knicks! Place for the Knicks now, and he um, he had this like, cr- like insane dunk at Cameron Indoor Stadium, uh, but it was like in a loss, and the clock had expired. <laughs> it's like <laughs> so flexing. Oh uh, no, he, it was like a crazy dunk. It's like didn't count. It's so you annoying. Know, that's NC State basketball in a nutshell. Yeah, it's a hundred percent correct. Okay, um, you oh, have... just right for me, Mika Fitzpatrick. Who's just right for you, Breach? Just right for me was Patrick Mahomes. I thought Sean nailed oh. that one. Good job, Sean. That was a hard one. Did you, did I mean, you consider? Even Prisco got that one right, so. I know. Did you consider 
putting Lamar above Mahomes? No. Come on, look who you're talking to. Yeah, I'm just just controlling. I mean, would anyone consider that? Yes. Lamar's never won a playoff game. I bet people would consider I'm, that. I mean, if Lamar does what he did this past season again, then maybe you can make an argument for it. But I think Lamar's got to win at least one playoff game before you could even think about putting him above Mahomes. So Sean's, Sean's top three is Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Deshaun Watson. I was going to ask you. Five years from now, which quarterback is the best quarterback? Mahomes. Mahomes. I think there's an argument for Deshaun. I'm going to pull a Sean here. Oh, my God. This Ryan does this thing where, like, he locks it on someone who says something a lot and makes fun of it, and then, like, three months later, he decides that he's going to steal that take as his own once he's dunked on it. No, a lot it's, of like times. You, it's like you brainwashed him. That's what like the is. Joe That's... Flacco thing. <laughs> yeah, the I was going to ask if you guys felt like Deshaun Watson was too high because I, again, largely come up with my order before Prisco's list came out, and the top three had not moved. And then I saw where Prisco ranked Deshaun, and I was like, he doesn't like, he doesn't, he doesn't like Deshaun. Well, let me put it to you this way. Like, my issue with Lamar Jackson is taking the hits and stuff, and I don't know if that's sustainable over five years. I love the way he plays. But so if Deshaun is on Andy Reid's Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes oh. is playing with Billy O'Brinson, what do their careers look like for the next five years? That's sort of how I do the. the I, I think the, the Andy Reid factor, like if, like take all three of those quarterbacks, cycle them through to the Chiefs, and like whoever's on the Chiefs is the number one guy. Yeah. How, do, how does Josh Allen do? And Andy Reid system. He's awesome. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, how many teams? How many games does that team win? I think Mitchell. Trubis- I think Trubisky's a Pro Bowler on the Chiefs. He might be a Pro Bowler, but does that team win? That team wins 11 games with Mitch Trubisky and or Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Maybe not Allen. I think Trubisky would be better fit for Andy yeah. Reid's system. Yeah. How, many games, Allen's- how many games? How many games they win with Andy Dalton? Sixteen. Come on, uh, double digits. Yeah, I mean it's just Andy, like Andy, ten, ten. Yeah, he's I gonna mean, he won he like, Andy Reid or par- sorry Alex Smith. He's gonna parlay Jordan Te'amu into a first round pick at some point in the next. Five oh, they years. signed Jordan Te'amu. Yeah. Nice. Um, okay, friend of the program, Jordan Te'amu was on this on this very podcast. Uh, that's it for the show. Sean's top twenty five under twenty five. Go check it out on CBSSports.com. Talk to you guys later. Okay, picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.